Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here. Just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly. That's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Greetings, Monkey Tennis Pod fans. Tom Stab here. Just a quick note to tell you two things you probably already know. One, we love a bit of shameless self-promotion. And two, we're taking the podcast on the road with the Mid-Evening Matters live show. We'll be dissecting Series 2 of Mid-Morning Matters, covering two episodes per show at the Wardrobe Theatre in Bristol on the 7th of September. On the 8th of September, we'll be at the Lowry Theatre in Manchester. And finally in London at King's Place on the 9th of September. We'd love to see you there, and tickets are available now at monkeytennispod.com. And just a quick personal plug. Your boy here is running the London Marathon on the 22nd of April, and I'm tantalisingly close to my sponsorship target. So any of you wonderful, intelligent, handsome, beautiful, erudite, and goddamn sexy monkey tennis listeners can spare a few pennies, that would be amazing. You can find all the info on why I'm running, who I'm running for, and uh, how to sponsor me at justgiving.com slash fundraising slash Tom dash stab with two B's two. That's the number two. Plugging over, it's time to crack on with this week's episode, which is an absolute belter. Enjoy. Monkey tennis? Well, uh, this is great banter. Ha 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 ha. Monkey tennis? Radical. Awesome. Mega. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm spinning plates here, mate, I'll be honest. Monkey tennis? There have been times when I've been more 
Robbery than turtle. Monkey tennis? Tits bits. Tit, tit bits. Uh, yes, 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 and yes. It's just an idiom. You're an idiot. Ooh, that's mustard. Monkey tennis? Sustaining and maintaining our core listenership in an increasingly fragmented marketplace. What's up, Mother Hubbards, and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. I'm Adam Brooks, and I'm joined by Tom Dark. He thinks he's a doctor on ER. Nick Older. She is splayed. And Tom Stab. She sounds like she's being touched on a bus. And this week, it's uh, it's me, it's me, on Alan, on Alan, on I, on I, on Partridge, on Partridge. It's, it's me, it's me, on Alan, on Alan, on I, on I, on Partridge, on Partridge. It's me, on me, on Alan, on Alan, on I, on I, on Partridge, on Partridge. It's me, on me, on Alan, on Alan, on I, on I, on Partridge, on Partridge. It's Welcome to the show, everyone, uh, where we join uh, that mid-morning... That skip button really is useful, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> we join Mid-Morning Matters uh, on episode four of series one. Uh, Alan's quote at the beginning of this episode saying, uh, making it inevitable that within 50 years a robot will win Wimbledon. Wait, 50 or 15? I had 15. I oh, had 15. I mm. thought 5-0, but uh, certainly an ambitious prediction from Alan if it's 15. Psychic <laughs> uh, Simon's got a hemp shirt yes, on. Yes, it's my first note as well. <laughs> Awful is what I've also written. I've put grow hang, up. Hang on, a hemp shirt? Uh, a marijuana. Ma- marijuana. Mary Jane. Yeah. I mean, it might not be made, made of hemp. Not made of hemp, but depicting. De- depicting a uh, marijuana leaf. Herb. Uh, question to the group. <laughs> Does Simon smoke Dorifa? I, I'm Ooh, going with yes. Yeah, sure. But I, I would, I would predict a mild uh, inter- intermediate user. Just, just a bit of fun. Fair enough. Weekend, <laughs> weekends not, and evenings. He's not a heavy addict. That's what I'm saying. He opens with a, uh, a an anecdote about a missing postal worker. Which uh, was building to a nice comedy climax until he's blindsided by <laughs> Alan's revelation that the man he's talking about has since been found dead in a canal, which is revealed on the news uh, yep. immediately afterwards. <laughs> yeah. and, that, and that was uh, Simon giving us—I I, I like the way he teases up—about to give us a sideways look at the week's news. Sorry, which is supposed to be that wacky element that Sidekick Simon's supposed to be bringing into the show, but uh, yeah, it failed. Mm. Uh, did we note what this episode is called at the beginning? Chucky, Chucky, Chucky. Yes, uh, and uh, most of, most of the episodes, uh, it's. Quite quite clear what the link is so mm. when you have one about tax mm-hmm. for example mm-hmm. but it i was wondering chucky i don't really understand what that is but that will be revealed later yes mm-hmm. um the next segment is great and a throwback to the uh, christmas cracker joke in know me knowing you all where you can see that the answer uh, through the cracker joke is <laughs> rover because <laughs> um, here he's about to describe it's, it's, it's as alan sh- describes art that's right yeah and, but you uh, can you can clearly see through the yeah, sheet of paper that it's, of, it's a nude lady yep yeah. so the piece of artwork is submitted by mick lindup from heatherset and that is uh, where she is splayed, as, uh, as described at the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the episode. It's a charcoal drawing of a nude lady who is splayed. And I always think splayed is one of those words that just sounds awful. It's like moist, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. On a that After that, Alan says he can't go into more detail than that. And I just thought, he doesn't need to go into more yeah. detail than <laughs> no. that. The fact it's come this far is is kind of testament to how shoddy he is. Like, I think this is this is his worst segment, isn't it? The, yeah. the, the worst idea. <laughs> Describing <laughs> artwork, and then he describes it in terms of she's splayed and has a C to D cut bust. Yeah. <laughs> to be and fair, I do like that Mick has entitled the drawing Family. Yeah. <laughs> Again, a bit more darkness to the uh, yeah. callers mm. and correspondents. Mm. Um, and yeah, Alan suggests maybe it's his lovely mum. 
Oh, I know. Disgusting. (laughs) Um, Should we just quickly set the context for this episode? Uh, This aired Monday 30th of July 2012. Viewing figures for this week were 141,000. So these viewing figures are dropping on site. 60,000 dropped there, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's not good. Um, Alan is angry with uh, an intern, I think, uh, who's messed up his coffee. Yes. uh, But soon turns to say, uh, I like you. Are you being suited? And I thought, is he at this point self-aware enough to know that he has no chance here? Is he just being a bit flirty or does he actually think something might happen? No, I think he's a little bit clueless Mm. uh, in terms of the reality of the situation. He's definitely trying to flirt. And Mm -hmm. as we see in later episodes with Zoe, uh, yeah, I don't think he understands the reality of where yeah. he is and where these younger, arguably more attractive people are at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, I guess you see it repeated later on when uh, when Zoe enters the frame in a later episode as well. We'll uh, we'll get onto that. Yes. Yeah. Um, Tim Key, I noticed. Uh, I don't know if it's just in this episode or in general. Bites his lip a hell of a lot, and I wondered mm. if he is he corpsing. Is it meant to be a tick, or is it one of those things that you know Simon would occasionally chuckle at Alan's jokes? So uh, it's a good way to cover corpsing. Yeah, it feels a bit in character to me. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I was going to say something completely different. To be honest, I think that he is. I think he <laughs> you didn't is, have to agree. No, 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 no. I think he is. Uh, well, I didn't expect you to say that. To be fair, but I think at times <laughs> he is uh, holding back a little bit on the laughter because okay. I think that he's obviously he's mentioned before that he's kind of working with one of his. Um, hero so yeah. I imagine yeah. at times he's probably mm. struggling to kind of keep it together because ultimately it is pretty funny because yeah. I, I do think there is an element where there's still quite a large amount of improvisation even exactly, though these are scripted yeah. as well so he probably doesn't quite know how far Coogan's going to go with some of the partridge yeah. stuff sometimes yeah um, and it sounds as well from what we know of the writing that often uh, Steve is kind of chopping and changing ideas at the last minute it's not yeah. beyond the realms of possibility he might just improv stuff while they're shooting yeah yeah see what happens and would be furious if you corpse as well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um he's says to uh, Simon he's now c- trying to coax jokes out of Simon saying shoot me one of your pearls this is yeah the, and the joke is brilliant in oh, a, the quiche joke yeah I, I just have brilliant or shit well, yeah. but- I have a note here saying Simon's pun is so over egged uh, yeah it, fall, it falls flat I mean, yeah, I don't mean the joke is actually good. It's just brilliant watching Simon struggle to tell this really long-winded <laughs> joke about a woman giving birth to a quiche. <laughs> uh, ultimately called Lorraine. Uh, at what point do we have, I think, does Alan uh, use the phrase quaffing ale or something like that, doesn't he? I thought, is, is this the return of jembling? Well. Yes, I've got a note on that. This is the thing. I think technically it's not jembling, although he's... Although he's jembl- See, expert. Sure, I wanted to go to our resident jembling Well, expert. although he's using sort of medieval language, Language to try and be a bit cute. He's not doing it in pursuit of a lady, and I think that is the crucial is that, element. Is that what defines gentlemen? Uh, really? Yeah, in, in oh. the, you know the sort of the sort of dickhead that will saunter up to someone at a bar and be like, "Forsooth, my good lady, dost thou require a wine?" You know, that's gembling, I think. Right. Okay. Um, Stab, since you're on your laptop there, what's the, what's the Wikipedia definition of gembling? Is it worth... There this? is no Wikipedia definition. I can what? look up a dictionary Surely definition. Surely it can't I mean, exist. Although I, I literally just put gemble into, into Google and it said, the word gemble is taking Twitter by storm. Uh, that <laughs> you're was you're the, welcome. That was the 9th of April 2014, by the way. <laughs> but, um, because I, I was thinking about, particularly with the use of terms like quaffing ale, Nick, didn't you once uh, send uh, some kind of mail out round at a company you worked for using those sort of terminology and nearly get fired for it? Oh, uh, yeah, but that's because keen I keen to know more. Yeah, I think I was working. But were you were riffing off. You were riffing off something else, though, weren't you? I think. Oh, that's when my voice dost, felt... dost thou have an ale? Oh no, 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 no. That's doth thou have a mug of ale for me and me mate? For he has been pitched in battle, and as a king's thirst for the frosty brew, doth thou might have for thus. <laughs> What's that? And from? you wrote that in a corporate email that went to how many people? Oh God, I'm not sure we should be talking about this. <laughs> oh no, we ago. absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. should. Uh, See, that is well, actually, um, yeah. Does Jed, do you know? <laughs> 
I, I would say does Jed know deflection. How many, does Jed it, know how many people your email went to? No, 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 no. That that line is lifted from a oh, film. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. What's it from? I recognise it. Do you know the? You must know the answer. I mean, I know the answer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I recognise it, but I couldn't put a. Yeah. I can't name it, but it's Jim Carrey film. It is a Jim yeah. Carrey film. Yeah. What is it? Cable Guy. It is the Cable Guy. Ah. Yeah, yeah. When they're at the. When they're kind of the medieval times. Oh, okay. See, I would say in the con- in the con- <laughs> in the context of medieval times, that's not a jumble. If you uh, went up to a barmaid and said that, yes, it's jumble. Can we all agree the cable guy is absolutely brilliant? Yes, very underrated. A long, long time. It's so good, yeah. so good. Uh, very strong. Um, we're on to who does Alan think Alan is, aren't we? Um, <laughs> opened with a very well, slow. Well, you have missed out one quality quote with hot, 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 hot ham. Very important. Yep. Yes. yes. Yep. How many hots do you have in there? I, I, I've made it up to be honest. Is it six or seven? I'm it's not seven hots. It's seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, who does Alan think Alan is? Is opened with a, a very ill-advised <laughs> jingle, uh, very slow and mournful music, and then uh, a woman going, "Who do you think you are?" <laughs> <laughs> that, that is good. Initially, I thought he it was just a, a, a stealth recording he'd made of Carol during one of the troubled <laughs> times. But uh, he goes on to explain that uh, the line was not properly explained to the voiceover artist before she went into the booth. Uh, she sounds like she's being touched on a bus. Questions are great. Has anybody ever been touched on a bus? Not, no, no. Only, I uh, only by accidental side thigh by yeah. uh, someone yeah. sitting next to you. No, uh, no sexy touching. No, thank God for that. Alan's family tree. Uh, we're into now, so we find out a little bit more about uh, his his predecessors. Annie Partridge was uh, mm-hmm. his unemployed grandmother. Well, stay at home mum, and he's uh, unemployed. Correct, correct. <laughs> there, uh, he had a great great aunt uh, who was uh, around in the nineteenth century in Sheringham. Uh, I've been to Sheringham. I've got a note that says Alan desperately wants this to be fascinating, yeah. doesn't he? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was saying to uh, Adam earlier, I, I think this is one of the weaker parts of the series. I don't I would think agree. it's that funny. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree. It is him essentially trying to justify uh, that one of his relatives was a town planner and that is kind of all Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. The, kind of the, the comedy payoff it's leading to is just not that great, is it? No, mm. no, yeah. no. Um, There's an extra layer of control uh, between Alan uh, and what he can say and what Simon, what he can yeah. say. Previous episodes, obviously, we've been told Simon now has to try and write his lines down <laughs> and pass them to Alan for approval, but uh, but now he's just wholesale stealing them, isn't he? Yeah. It recycles Simon's uh, hot water bottle joke. Which was um, quite good, to be fair. Yeah. Although, well, you know, as he said, uh, that's quite good. I think I was right to stop you, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Simon is also, I've got a note here, Simon is just at the back reading a newspaper, though. He's not participating. <laughs> um, not, not the first time that's happened in exactly. this series, and probably not the last. Alan tries once again to inject some interest into his own family tree by asking if there's a dark horse, uh, a, a loose cannon, a black sheep in the family. And it turns out that there is. Edmund Partridge yep. was in prison for debt, moved to Paris, uh, but uh, crucially, a detail that Alan would prefer wasn't part of the, the feature, died of syphilis, or as Alan calls it, a sex disease. <laughs> and of course, um, just to clarify that the Chucky part of the episode title comes from Alan's great-grandmother making him Chucky egg, which is egg and butter chopped up in a bowl. I Has anybody this... ever heard of that no. before? Is that a thing? I looked it up online to see if it was a thing, because it, it kind of sounded like it was... But I wondered, is it that is that like supposed to be a partridge family thing? That's I, what no, the... no, 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 it's, it's, a, it, it's a thing. It's a, re- really? it's a recipe, yeah I, yeah. I think what's happened here is that we basically have suffered from all being soft, media-lovey, liberal southerners, and it is As we've been called online. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's, basically, it's basically a... a, a a meal, a meal of the north, for all of a better phrase. That's going to go well, down well. Adam, just to be clear, Adam said that. Yeah, Adam has described it as a meal of the north. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a meal of the north. That's Adam Brooks, Bristol. Bristol. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, I was going to ask actually about the fact they've got a genealogist on, and um, the the it's Alan doing his own version of who do you think you are. So I think the con- 
the the idea behind that is Alan wishes he was actually famous enough to be doing Who Do You Think You Are on the BBC, mm. um, as obviously bigger actual celebrities do. But one, I've never actually watched any of those shows. Has anyone? Are they any good? I've watched uh, one, which was Greg Davies. Uh, I've seen a few. I'd say they're a mixed bag. Because <laughs> I know there was a Danny Dyer one where he had like some kind of royal relation or something, which seems a bit mental. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they do have very interesting revelations, but sometimes it is just long lingering shots just, of people looking sad at gravesides. Yeah, just somebody had a sex disease in 1800 and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so- and and then also just a bit another general question to the group was in terms of genealogy tracing back to family tree has anybody ever done that because i feel it seems to be it seems to be kind of when parents get to their 40s and 50s 40s and 50s they then start doing the family tree thing yeah my uh, dad did my, that. my dad mm. definitely did it yeah. like 10 years ago my folks did yeah. a bit and i would say i'm now sufficiently aged to start taking an interest in it so right. I've, I've got some documents but You're i starting haven't to done feel anything. a keenness to investigate more exactly yeah i mean you know there might be a holiday home in it or something so <laughs> or there might be some chucky egg in your history <laughs> exactly yeah maybe have you or ever syphilis. Have you... <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason why people do it i'm sure just to just to check the uh, the family history check yeah. the health uh, Alan has serious issues with the uh, the fact that Edmund Partridge died of syphilis and that it's been revealed live on air, uh, saying, I have sponsors who will walk away at a sniff of VD. <laughs> uh, suddenly he needs psychic Simon in his corner, and I love this. He just turns to Simon and says, go on, use one of your sense of humours. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? Because you've had him basically stealing the gag earlier and saying, like I said, that's quite good, I think it was right to stop you. And then later, you, he's literally stopping him with a hat yeah. so he doesn't make a joke, and then he has to come in and rescue the thing. Which means that this segment kind of ends with... <laughs> the poor guest is sitting there just taking abuse from the pair of them. Yeah. I think it's probably the weakest one, isn't it? I think. Yeah. I think it's, I refle- agree. it's reflected in my notes. I haven't got much on this bit. No. Um, yeah. The only other thing I had is, um, so uh, at the end of this segment, Alan goes on to introduce a record by Seal with Keep Your Clubs Away From His Young. It's Seal. Uh, I've got a couple of Seal facts here. Uh, <laughs> he has sold over 20 million albums. He wow. has four albums called Seal, but here, here's the best thing. Would anybody like to guess what Seal's real name is? Oh, Pup. It's good, but it's not right. Cecil. No. David. I mean, it, Adam's... Store manager Adam is, David Seal. <laughs> Adam is kind of the closest. His real name is Henry Samuel. Huh. Oh. So you can see why he's jazzed it up a bit, really, can't you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of what we had on that. Yeah, so we're on to the second part of this episode, which is ominously titled Traitor. Traitor opens with a game of live battleships. With uh, Moda FM and Andre. I wonder if he's got the uh, the genuine approval from the creators of battleships <laughs> after his problems with Cluedo in the past. <laughs> I doubt well, it. Uh, could, well, I don't know. Could he get away with it saying it's radio battleships, not battleships? Yeah. Is that like <laughs> a completely different game? Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing like yeah. it. Um, now, now, Andre... Uh, I thought that voice sounds familiar. Did anybody else? Uh... I didn't look, but I'm going to take oh, a guess yeah. as it's a Russian accent. It's probably Simon. Yes, Green because it sounds exactly like the main yeah. voice. He's in quite a few of these. If you mm. check the yes. credits, he's yeah. in a few of them. It's friend of the show, Simon <laughs> Greenall. Yeah. Hi, Hi, Simon. Simon. Yeah. My favourite bit about live battleships is that you're gearing up for sort of you know three to four minutes of uh, <laughs> back and forth, and it's like B five miss more of that next week. <laughs> now the thing is, again, much like I've mentioned earlier, I don't think this is a terrible feature, but I think it could be elongated to be a bit more interesting yeah. rather than yeah. be over so quickly you, so yeah. you think this is good radio i don't think it's terrible i, I don't think, think it's awful i think what they need to do is introduce some kind of uh, forfeit for every time you miss or something like that or there's some music playing in the background and they go back and forth you know, and it builds tension i don't think it's terrible so this, i think it's got potential like, this has actually yeah, exactly. just reminded me a friend of mine who still works in local radio now uh he once had a feature on his show called 
vending machine, Battleships, where basically uh, a caller would get to choose like a letter and a number, and then he would have to get the corresponding item from the radio station's vending machine. That's quite good. Yeah. Is quite that good radio? Not yeah. too bad. I mean, also, I'd argue... You know who did that as well. I was going to say, it's mm. our friend, not your friend. Uh, <laughs> so it's our friend, Richard Durst. Uh, oh, not Lee Cabbage. No. Not Lee Cabbage. I, he's not our friend, he's Adam's the friend. Show, the, show know, has, uh, the show has Lee's many my friends. friend as well. Yeah, well, we, he told me he's not. Um, Hi, Lee Cabbage. <laughs> so, um, one thing I would say about Battleships is that, yeah, maybe it doesn't make a great radio phone-in, but did it make a better film? No. Oh, God. Well, I've, I've not seen that film and I, I don't would never see it. I mean, it's got I've, Rihanna in I mean, it. I've that tells you it. everything you need I to know. I could tell you a lot about that film. But Did you work at Universal at the time when it came I out? I did. Ah. Let's not do it now. But okay. happy to spill the beans on that. Off, Let's save off it for mic. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sure do it on, Mike. I'm sure the listeners would like to know more. <laughs> uh, there's another phone in or a kind of quiz which I would love to unpack in some detail. <laughs> Please uh, do. It's titled, What's Alan Firing <laughs> His Friend's Air Rifle Into? <laughs> and what, I, what, I'd like, what I'd like to run through, here are some examples of alternative names that would have made as much sense, but didn't go into as much. Again, it's Alan shooting for accuracy, isn't yep. it? Yeah. Uh, it could have been. What is Alan firing an air rifle into? We don't need to know it's his friends. Yep. It could have been. What is Alan firing an air rifle at? More accurate. Yep. It could have been. What is Alan firing a gun at? Doesn't really matter. It's an air rifle. <laughs> it could have been. What is Alan firing at? Because it's implied, but no. What is Alan firing his friend's air rifle into? Yeah, it's as much detail as possible, isn't it? Also, why isn't he firing his own? Why is that yeah. his friend? Yeah. He didn't say that one. His. Is, is he it? just trying to stress he doesn't own a firearm yeah. for, uh, because he's worried about getting in trouble? Or but, something? The, but this is like we, we've often discussed. Like accuracy for him is yeah, so course. important. Yeah. On well. In some ways, some ways it isn't. Like when he wants to make himself look better, yeah. the truth goes out of the window. But in yeah. this instance, it's his friend's air rifle and that's how it has to be titled. Uh, shout out to Rossin Beckles who calls him <laughs> to say, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to phone in, make sure you're at least on nodding terms with modern ballistics as well. It is worth stressing that. So the other answers are a bag of cement, a pig carcass, a church and the sky. <laughs> I like this because when, they, when you come back around, they get even more surreal. And uh, yeah. I think yeah. at one point somebody actually gets quite quite close to the correct answer but again <laughs> accuracy means that it's it's the exact answer or nothing um there's a revelation at this point about yeah. psychic simon's simon, uh, simon is yawning at this point mm. possibly because he's had a late night or possibly because he's working with alan listening to people phone in about what they've been firing <laughs> an air rifle into but he's doing it on purpose isn't he, he wants alan to ask what he's been doing he? i think he's Ooh, it's over, it's asking over, for trouble yeah i think it's over exaggerated okay. i don't think it's subtle because he could if he was doing it subtly kind of maybe hide his mouth or but then also from away. a t- from a tv point of view you would want to make it quite clear nick you're right you look a bit tired there oh yeah, yeah it's just yeah. Yeah. You okay. <laughs> have you been doing someone else's podcast yeah <laughs> <laughs> been doing smackheads with Jed. Doing a bad boy. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he's been uh, moonlighting on uh, Bedtime with Branning. Um, yep. And I thought it was interesting that he says, oh, you know, I was just doing a few stupid sketchy bits because uh, earlier in, I'm not sure if it's this episode or another, he told Alan that he doesn't do sketches. I think was it the episode ah. previous? Because he, yeah. he, when Spotify. they're having a bit of a laugh and I was like, oh, do you do, do, you do sketches? And he's like, no. Yeah, <laughs> but he just does. not with you. He yeah. does now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then doesn't Simon go off to uh, grab a coffee? So yeah. you've got Alan saying, who grabs a coffee? Unbelievable. He thinks he's a doctor in ER. <laughs> Quite enjoyed that. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Alan then poses the big question by asking, how many disabled parking bays is too many? (laughs) (laughs) I reckon Alan would think... Any, any, any is too yeah, many. Yeah, well, based on um, uh, a later conversation he has about um, people that are disabled getting access to the Norfolk Broads, my assumption oh, yeah. is that mm, he yeah. isn't happy about this or that, you know, essentially one space is too many. There's um, there's a few bits, I think there's something in the film as well, where the phone-ins, you can tell, are directly related to a grievance that Alan has gone through that day or the previous yes. day. Yeah, yeah, so there's yeah. lots of, you know, this right now, you know, a disabled person has parked, you know, or, or, or there's loads of spare disabled parking spaces and he's had to walk for ages or something or he's gone to the Norfolk Broads and there's been you know he's not been able to get the spot he wanted or, yeah. and so yeah, yeah he, he just naturally Built turned yeah turns yeah. his own beefs into radio phone-ins at what point does he uh, eat a, eat an orange by inserting the whole thing into his mouth that's just <laughs> that's weird isn't well, it I think that's I'm, quite an unsettling thing to watch <laughs> I mean, it makes you feel a bit sick and also why is, is he doing that for a challenge because he's bored is he doing it because he thinks that's how you eat them I think he's just trying to amuse himself yeah. like how can I eat this orange in a different way because it's, most weeks there are oranges in the studio don't forget right. so yeah. he must be eating a lot of them there's a keeping com- his vitamin C up a common theme in these sort of interstitial bits where it's not broadcasting it's just him on his own behaving oddly you know yeah. whether it's him brushing his teeth him trying to fit a whole orange in his mouth later on him asleep in a chair which I'm sure we'll get onto <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah yeah very sort of they all make you feel a bit queasy is this the point that Alan interviews himself Alan on Alan on I on I on Partridge on Partridge uh, yeah with uh, Simon ruining the gag saying are you interviewing yourself <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and it was brilliant when Alan reveals that he is you just see Simon mouth oh god <laughs> that <laughs> really makes me laugh Alan, Alan so is visibly good. so annoyed yeah. as well yeah. mm-hmm. he, he, he sort of pitches it up there with Frost Nixon that there's this <laughs> Alan on Alan interview when yeah. ultimately the first section of the interview runs for probably less than 60 seconds so it's hardly hard hitting um, there's a reference as well around here to a madman in a park who's yeah. seeking solace in cider and swans and then uh, Psychic Science is better than seeking it inside a swan now and he doesn't say it's it's not long till it get, gets to that yeah, point or yeah. something like that. Yeah, and I mean that I, I like you know it's it's a fun bit of wordplay, but it's obviously been set up that way so he can do the insider swan gag, and I'm not sure it's yeah. worth it. But, I, I, but it does kind of tie in, a kind of hinting at more darkness uh, within the uh, local community. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Uh, this bit as well, when he's talking about the the, the madman and so on, is similar to a lot of the uh, the arguments he's lost where he's playing himself and an imaginary character. <laughs> Google it. <Yeah. laughs> 
Um, my predi- my prediction at this point was that when he interviews himself, he'll end up arguing with himself. But it, yeah, it I thought that would happen. Yeah, it didn't, yeah. didn't quite work out that way. Uh, so unsurprisingly, this doesn't go to plan. So we already know that in the pre-recorded tape, he makes an error when he's swallowing and it doesn't sound right. Uh-huh. He doesn't re-record that though. He just plays no. that out. Uh, and even though the first part of the interview, as I mentioned, is probably less than 60 seconds, he also gets one of the questions wrong when uh, the f- who uh, was one of the friendliest interviews that he's conducted. Should have been Colin Jackson and he says Chris Akabusi. You've, uh, you've jumped quite far ahead though because I think we need to unpack uh, Martin Bashir and Michael Jackson and Princess Diana though. Unpack. Um, so, um, <laughs> so uh, in this in, in uh, Alan on Alan, he talks about Mar- the Martin Bashir interview that led ultimately and directly to Michael Jackson's death and Diana's. Now, why do we think Alan thinks that? He's a conspiracy theorist. Uh, he thinks journalists have more power than they do because he is one. <laughs> do you have a theory, or is that just an uh, open question? No, I don't know. I saw it's quite interesting the way that it kind of it goes. He, he, he's basically saying Martin Bashir led directly to Michael Jackson's death and Diana's. So obviously, Martin Bashir became famous for interviewing mm-hmm. Princess Diana for Panorama in 1995, and the Living with Michael Jackson. Uh, documentary slash interview which was on ITV in 2003 so I did find a quote from Jackson's manager from 96 2003 uh, Dieter Weisner who said that Bashir's documentary broke Jackson it killed him he took a long time to die but it started that night previously the drugs were a crutch but after that they became a necessity wow so so there there does seem to be a bit of a widely held conspiracy theory that uh, clearly Alan is a fully bought into interesting but nothing on diana uh well i think that's the thing he's just like he's just throwing it in there as well just for good measure yeah and you do see uh psychic simon he visibly winces when alan mentions diana as well (laughs) because even he knows that alan's gone too far at that (laughs) point (laughs) it's a hot potato there's a another excellent bit where uh well two things happen you notice that the bitterness is growing about uh psychic Mm. simon's moonlighting when he's like what's carl branning like then uh (laughs) but also (laughs) one of my favorite bits and i really don't know why is where alan just starts really emotively singing the nokia ringtone oh yeah yeah. he's just in the background going i couldn't remember for the life of me what that was it's the nokia ringtone I um, thought it was like some kind of BBC thing, but no, no, no. Well no, done. Ring you, you're right. I, I made a note that you, you almost see there's a development. Psychic Simon is almost in an abusive relationship with Alan by, by this episode. So when they're talking about the wheelchair users on the Norfolk Broads, um, and Alan asks Simon what he thinks. So Simon's like, good, is it? <laughs> Takes a moment to judge the look on Alan's face. Bad. And, no, bad. <laughs> yeah. He's basically scared of saying the wrong thing. In oh, front it's of him. absolutely coercive behaviour, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, also. Alan's response as to what he would do if he were, he were <laughs> yeah, disabled is brilliant. Yeah. He just watched telly and go <laughs> on the computer. Go, go, go on the video. Com- computer. Loads of things you can do. <laughs> and yeah, when we get back into the Alan on Alan or AP on AP, I think one of my favourite moments was when he says he's uh, one of his strongest. Does he say he's a character? trait or something is his consistent resistance to dumbing down i thought that was a perfect encapsulation of what alan thinks he is he think why he thinks he's a good broadcaster well he says mm-hmm. if anything i dumb up which again is yeah. kind of like a, a, a direct lift from uh from the book yeah like yeah. he he thinks he thinks he's a lot better than he really is of course uh, also, a bit of an aside, but if you ever want to see uh, uh, this sort of Alan, you know, someone interviewing themselves, done uh, 
in a way that works. Uh, there's an absolutely amazing Daniel Kitson show that I went to see where he basically sets up speakers all around the audience and they're all perfectly timed to sync with one another and right. him in the middle. And it's it's basically Adam on Alan, but but, done my, properly. but if but Daniel on Daniel and there's about fifty <laughs> there's about fifteen Daniels and they all nice. interplay perfectly. I, I can't yeah. recommend it enough. Are you saying that Daniel Kitson Kitson is smarter than Alan Partridge? I mean <laughs> who isn't I think, I think that's a given, isn't it? Uh, we need to return back to um, what is Alan firing his uh, friend's air rifle into? Oh, well, it's probably just worth picking up quickly on Alan's casual racism in the Alan Alan interview. Uh, he ha- he says he has no idea what Desmond Tutu was on about, so is that implying that he couldn't understand him? <laughs> and also, he can't tell the difference in Colin Jackson and Chris Akabusi. Um Again, they are very different people. Mm. Is it that you can't tell the difference between them, or he just forgets and makes a mistake? Yeah. Uh, is it possible as well that uh, him basically picking Colin Jackson and or Chris Akabusi as his friendliest interview is a bit of a, him trying to go for yeah. positive discrimination? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well. Yeah, 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 you're yeah probably, definitely. It's also brilliant that obviously Alan started out as a sports reporter and he still doesn't know <laughs> what sports, what, yeah. what athletes are who. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One more bit to that as well. Mm-hmm. He's basically saying they're such great pals that they catch up once a week on the phone. They clearly don't because <laughs> no. he doesn't know who's who. <laughs> <laughs> so jumping back to to, um, what is Alan firing his friend's air rifle into? Um, some uh, answers from listeners include a sandwich. Uh, mm. Which is quite close yeah. to the eventual... Yes. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, the future, to which Alan <laughs> sort of bursts out laughing and just says, Are you on an E? Brilliant. I love that. Uh, Dunno, which uh, yep. we assume is Ross from Beckles again. <laughs> it is, yeah. It is, yeah. Yep. Um, and then there's a prank call that uh, Simon seems to get the gist of, and Alan is uh, baffled as to what it references. What do they say oh, again? Yeah. It's it's some it's kind like of the nurses. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's something to do with what's been on bedtime of Branning previously, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's where uh, Simon was pretending to be a nurse, but Alan insists that Simon um, yes. explains the gag at great length, um, to, and Alan is to completely suck all the humour out. Yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah, takes all the humour out of it. He's completely unmoved. Doesn't see any of the um, funny side of it, and then promptly just plays the psychic Simon. <laughs> completely belittle him. That was like amazing. It's, like it's, 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 a, it's a thing. Alan forces him to explain it, to take the humour out of it, and then you end up like Simon basically feel, feels like he's yeah. failed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's very, the relationship. It's a very mean move. Yeah. He's dismantled him. Yeah. Uh, he goes back to Alan and Alan, but, but soon gets distracted uh, by being uh, so angry with Simon that he sort of... Alan, <laughs> a pre-recorded Alan is just rolling on in the background while current Alan is desperately yeah, yeah. trying to have two conversations yeah. with once, one with himself and one with Simon. Uh, what I liked, I, I, I hopefully everyone spotted this. Uh, he absolutely fumbled an insult to Simon. Where he says, "The world doesn't revolve around you. You're not the moon." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Uh, can you remember what his favourite TV show is? Minder. No, no, I didn't make a note of that. Deal or no deal. Reason. <laughs> Edmonds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so he does like him at this point because he describes him as a wazzock in an interview uh, mm. around Scissor Isle. In, in Nomad. Oh, in Nomad, is it? Yeah. Uh, uh, this is where yeah, uh, Simon and Alan fall out when Alan, uh, sorry, when Simon suggests that the kids, uh, i.e., Denise and Fernando, don't listen to the radio show, yes. <laughs> which really gets Alan's goose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I do like um, in one of the earlier questions where he asks himself how many kids he's got and he says two and he just says, Do you love them? And he goes, Just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think we know the reality is they haven't listened, they will not listen, 
and that's the they end. They also of it. won't answer or return. <laughs> no. Yeah. no. Well, don't Do you forget th- in the iPartridge book, he says that he's continually sending tapes to Denise and Fernando to flag up anything that sounds dated or foggy like. So far, nothing has come back. <laughs> uh, I think Lynn is sending them those tapes, yeah. isn't she? Mm. Yeah. We talked in an earlier episode about the uh, the possibility that he may have had a, a, a child with Jill that mm. he uh, is is genius. blissfully that's unaware. Such a genius idea. Do you think that child, now aged about twenty one, would listen to the show? I I sort of no. feel no. <laughs> I was going to say I sort of feel like there's more chance of that than than uh, Fernando or Denise listening in, but maybe what, not because it's the only way they can get contact with their estranged father. That doesn't, yeah. oh, doesn't yeah. know they maybe, maybe imagine if they rang in and he just didn't know. Oh, maybe they're ringing in to say I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason anyone would surely. <laughs> um, he also mentions as well as loving Deal or No Deal that he loves Sneezing Panda on YouTube, which we see come oh. up again in Alpha yeah. Papa. I, I assume everyone's seen that. Right? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, is it time for the air rifle reveal? I think it is, yeah. Go on then. Uh, so, the, <laughs> so, so, so the answer is a beef tomato, and here is Mick Hucknall. <laughs> Absolutely seamless. Lovely link. The, the only other note I had, uh, a quote that I really enjoyed, is when he's going off on one at Simon, that he just says, you can make love to the guy for all I care. <laughs> um, and ob- obviously Simon is the traitor that gives this part of the episode his name. Yeah. Uh, just going back to the uh, Alan on Alan, can you remember what Alan describes as his key strengths and weaknesses are? Oh, I didn't make a note of this. No, I didn't his, his key strength is courage. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And his weakness is that he's too kind. <laughs> so humble. Should have, should have put humility on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, notice from the credits that uh, Simon Greenall was the caller. I think he's the caller that says, I don't know, I think he's that I guy. Ah. Well, he's definitely the Russian caller as well. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yes. Yep. And speaking of Simon Greenall, sorry, friend of the show, friend Simon of the show, Greenall, Simon Greenall. Uh, we're going to play a little quiz now, and the, all the questions are going to be based around Michael the Geordie. Uh, questions for this quiz come from the big question, Alan Partridge Quiz Book Volume 1 by Ross Carpenter, which is available on Amazon now, self-published, I believe. I believe that's correct. So, yes, this is a quiz based entirely on Michael the Geordie. What I want you to do, uh, I'm going to ask the questions, and then you are going to say your own name if you know the answer, and uh, obviously give the answer, and if it's correct, you score a point. It's fastest name first. Fastest name first. Say your name, say your name. If the answer is around (laughs) you, say, Say baby, I love you. We're playing a quiz game. Deep. So, if we're all ready for the quiz, I shall begin. Are we ready, gents? Born I'm ready. ready. <laughs> I'll say that as a yes. Just tell me right. when you're ready. I'm ready. So, question one. What type of monkey ate all of Michael's fags? Nick. Nick. Macaque? Correct. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, question two. What is the name of his friend he describes attacking with an Apache helicopter? Tom. Tom. Tom Donaldson? Is correct. Yes. Oh. Question three. What type of fish does he imagine shooting at the same time? Adam. Adam. Flying fish? No. Can we repeat the question? What type of fish does he imagine shooting at the same time? Obviously, at the same time as he's shooting Tom Donaldson. Adam. Oh, Nick. You're you're out. You're you're, you're out. Can I go again? No, No, you've had your guess. Koi Carp. It's the correct answer, yes. yes, Also, do uh, do play along at home if you want, because we seem to be struggling. (laughs) (laughs) Question four. Michael knocks on Alan's bedroom door after he's hearing a bit of a blank. Tom. Tom. Commotion. 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 Thank you. Thank you very much. Question five. Say bedroom door. Yeah. Hotel door. Oh, same bedroom difference. Door. Bedroom door if here. you said hotel, I'd have got it. Just <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, question five. When Michael first meets Dan Moody, what aftershave does he tell Nick. Dan? Tommy Nick. Hilfinger? Is the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> Is 
the correct answer. Yeah. Uh, question six. What drink did Michael bring to Alan's farewell party? Nick. Nick. Scrumpy. It's Cider. Yes, I will accept Scrumpy is the correct answer. Seven. Fire. Where does Michael... Where does Michael know he has a spoon? Nick. Oh, Tom. Nick. Bathroom. Is the correct answer. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I know. I haven't got enough hands for this. Uh, (laughs) I'm marking down the answers to the questions. Yeah, thanks, Tom. If you could take that. Uh, Question eight. In Alpha Papa, Alan says Michael looks like some sort of big Geordie blank when he finds him hiding. Adam. Adam. And Frank. Correct. Yes. Well done. Nine. How many siblings did Michael have according to Nomad? Oh, bloody Ooh. I think we're going to struggle with this one. Tom. Tom? None? No. Adam. Adam. Seven? No. Nick? Nick? One. No. <laughs> have you even read Nomad yet? No. I haven't either. <laughs> uh, the answer is nine. Uh, right. Me. Uh, question ten. Three more to go. How old was the woman Michael had full sex with? Tom. Tom. Sixty? Correct. Mm. Uh, Neris, I believe. Question 11, penultimate question. Where did he agree to drive her Nick. to... No- Nick. Uh, Cardiff. Correct. Um. Oh, no. Oh, that's Tom. Uh, and I'll the last, the and the last question. What was Michael's job at the time of his death? Uh, Tom. Tom. Security guard. Correct. Sweet. So What's that we, done to the schools? What's that done to the graph? So in third place, Adam with one. In second place, <laughs> Tom with four. What? And in first place, it's Nick with six. <laughs> I demand a recount. Uh, it's Adam right. with one, it's Tom with four, and it's Nick with six. Bugger. Uh, <laughs> I demand another recount. <laughs> we're smashing it, listeners. We're smashing it. Uh, that brings us to the end of this episode of Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please do rate, review, and subscribe to uh, Monkey Tennis if you would be so kind. We really appreciate it. And we'll only accept five-star reviews. That's very important. Yes. It's, just, it's just how the system works. For some reason, that's the only way that it will work. Um, you can also get in touch with us, thepartridgepod at gmail.com, uh, at thepartridgepod on Twitter, facebook.com slash thepartridgepod pod and at monkey tennis pod on instagram and uh this episode i don't think jed's had a word yet so jed what is your one word for this episode brother <laughs> <laughs> a call back there to a previous episode uh which is we good which means we can't edit that out yeah it does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> amazing uh, from all of us monkey tennis thanks so much see you next week and goodbye goodbye <laughs> Monkey Tennis is a post-pop podcast produced by Jed Shepard. If you're interested in podcasts about Red Dwarf, X-Files, what to watch on Netflix, or TV pilot episodes pitched against one another, find them at postpoppodcasts.com. Our artwork is by Finn McLean, and you can find his website at finn.design. The theme is an excerpt from Galloping Home by Dennis King. Thanks for listening. Monkey tennis? This is great banter. Ha 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 ha. Monkey tennis? Radical. Awesome. Mega. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm spinning plates here, mate, I'll be honest. Monkey tennis? There have been times when I've been more uh, rubbery than turgid. Monkey tennis? Tits bits. Tit, tit bits. Uh, yes, 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 and yes. It's just an idiom. You're an idiot. Ooh, that's mustard. Monkey tennis? Sustaining and maintaining our core listenership in an increasingly fragmented marketplace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 